Who is Jesus? What is he doing? And what does it mean to follow him in the world today? My name is Matt Lewis. This is the Follower Podcast, and everyone is invited to the conversation. Hello, follower podcast friends. So I hope you've been enjoying the series of Mountains Bow Down. We are at mountain number eight. And this mountain is called Seed, and it's about choosing hope at the mountain of despair. Um, today I've asked my friend Louise Dixon to come join me uh, in the cafe that by now you are getting familiar with. The reason I've asked Louise to come join me is because she's part of the leadership team here at YWAM Heronhut, and I think her experience and what the guys are doing here ties into a lot of my experience uh, through this particular mountain and the lessons I learned through it. So we're going to go ahead, we're going to get chatting, and I hope that this stuff is helpful for you. And as always, if it is helpful, get in touch and, and let's see how we can continue this conversation going forward. So yeah, enjoy it. Cool. So this mountain mm-hmm. uh, actually happens in the village of Taplajong. Okay. So we had uh, been in this place, Birtamod, which the guys have heard about. And so we get in these vans, these jeep vans, and now we're riding through these parts. You've been to Nepal as well, yeah, so you know yeah. what I'm talking about. We're in these jeeps and we're going, and I remember uh, my old friend Laura, who was on my team, she just carried on looking out the window and really thought we were going to die. Because <laughs> you're in these jeeps and you packed, and there's like this much space between yeah. the tire and the edge of the cliff. <laughs> and so we take these jeeps, we drive all the way up into the mountains of Taplajong, and we're in this village. and. I remember there was this one morning I'm doing my devotion time and I had this spot that I found which was like a cliff that overlooked this massive valley and as I looked out into the valley uh, the way that they do the terraced uh, mountains to make homes mm. is they kind of cut yeah, these terrace spaces and then there's these huts that they build and so you look up over the mountains and there's just huts yeah. everywhere thousands and thousands of huts I literally tried to count them couldn't count them like lost count there were too many and I remember as I was sitting there, I've got my worship music playing on, so I'm there in my happy place, happy Christian, got my cool Bible nice. open. And I'm looking out over this village, and all of a sudden this thought comes to me of, like, what is the actual point? Like, what is the point of this? Why are we here? And I start asking questions of like, God, does this really even matter? Mm. Uh, yeah, we've been praying for people, and we've been sharing your story with people, and, and that's amazing. But look how many villages, Jesus. And this is just one mountain, how many mountains? And then I looked and we're in the Himalayas, right? So it's just mountain after mountain after mountain. And I think, how many many people are in this place? And then I think about the city that we've come from, Kathmandu. And I think about uh, the the other city that we're part of, Birdemode. And I think of Pokhara. And I think all these places in this nation. And I think, man, what are we even doing here? Mm. (laughs) And so this kind of deep sense of despair really falls on me. And I think... Mm. You know, people can relate to that. We see the news and we see what's going on in the world. And there's kind of, there can be this despair that seeps into our Christianity. Yeah. And so as I'm looking at all these houses and there's too many to count, all of a sudden I feel like the Spirit of God draws my attention to the trees. And suddenly I can see the trees on the mountains. And what I realize is there are more mount, more trees than there is mountain. Mm. Like there's so many trees. It's like this dense, thick almost like a blanket covering the hills. And yeah, you can see the huts, but the huts are squashed in between the trees. And the trees have really like overtaken the mountain. And then I had this thought, which was to say, and I, I don't know if it was the voice of God. I, I felt like it was a thought that wasn't my thought, right? Yeah. 
But it was like settled in me. And this thought was to say, Matt, every one of those trees started as a seed. Mm. Every one of those trees started as a seed. And then I thought about the words of Jesus, where he's talking to his friends about what it means to follow him and this reality that he's come to reveal to the world. And he says, this reality, it's not necessarily going to start in the big places where everyone would expect it, but actually this reality, it looks like a mustard seed. And this mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds. But when you plant it, it grows and becomes the biggest tree in the garden. And then this phrase that settled in me was, Matt, if you'll be faithful with the seed, I'll be faithful with the forest. And all of a sudden, in the midst of, this, of despair, I realized there was, like, there was a choice in front of me, which was to choose hope mm. in spite of what I was feeling. Mm. And, and I thought about the disciples. Um, imagine what it must have been like for them to stand in front, in front of the crucifixion, mm. to see Jesus dead on a cross, to think about all the things that he had been speaking about, this new kingdom coming, this Messiah promise, all these expectations of the big thing that was going to change the world. Yeah. And now in front of him, uh, he's dead. Right? And I can imagine the despair that settles on them in that moment. Mm -hmm. And yet we know, 2,000 years later, that that moment of deepest despair was actually the, the birth of greatest hope. And our Jesus says, if you, know, if you remain, uh, if you don't die, you remain alone. Yeah. But if the single seed falls into the ground and dies, then it produces much fruit. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that small thing produces so much fruit. Mm. And so that's kind of the lesson that I had to start learning in the mountain I had to face. And the reason I want to invite you into the story is because, you know, we see through history how when people have been faithful with the seed, God's been faithful with the forest. Yeah. And one of the places we see that is in the in the Moravian story, right? And we're here in a castle in Herenhut, which in is actually forest. in a forest. If you could see out the windows, yeah. it's forest. <laughs> and this is the home of the Moravians, yeah. right? So tell us a little bit about the Moravians uh, and kind of let's fill these guys in a little bit and then we'll go from there and talk yeah, about cool. this idea. So I'm no way like a, a history buff. So yeah. I'll give you kind of like my general overview. But essentially, they're these group of refugees that settled here and they were led by this dude called Count Zinzendorf. And they changed the world. So that's the quick version. And we can look through the history books and you can kind of fill us in on some more. But I think essentially it was this guy who had a burning passion for Jesus, who just saw the situation around him, saw the persecution and created space for people. And in that he led a community into loving God. And I mean, the stories of kind of a hundred years of prayer and worship, which kind of created this ongoing missions movement that did, really did change the world. Um, so it's kind of cool that we're here, sitting in this place, mm. as a missions organization, yeah. in one of the kind of the birthplace of modern day Protestant mission movement. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's, it's quite humbling, actually. Yeah. I forget that sometimes, because I just live here now. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I'm walking through the forest or through the town, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's like a weird sculpture that alludes to that. Yeah. You know, there's this like monument, they're like, oh, Zinzendorf. And I'm like, yeah, Zinzendorf who? Yeah. But yeah. actually, it's pretty, pretty humbling. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and from what I've read, this uh, this Count Zinzendorf, he had the Order of the Mustard Seed. Yes. Again, such a cool picture. And this was him and some friends who just devoted their life to holiness. And then the Moravian movement, that, yeah. that faithfulness was was really prayer. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but when I open up a newspaper at the moment, or I'm, so I'm here in Germany, I'm looking at stuff that's happening back home in South right. Africa, I'm just like, and I'm like, hearing, we're hearing about the coronavirus. Yes. I mean, it seems like the world's losing its mind. <laughs> And the last thing I think about is, is pray. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah. And, and yet here, the movement of the Moravians 
the faithfulness with the seed was that they were faithful to pray. Yeah. And they weren't faithful to pray for one day. They were faithful to 24-hour prayer for 100 years. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, and then off the back of that, there's a forest that gets produced, which is that, that's what you said. If you look back over modern missions, mm. pretty much everywhere in modern missions history, you can find a Moravian in the mix. It's true. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. And I think about that one story about the guy who, uh, they sold themselves into slavery. Yeah, right. Well, so what's that? There's an island? Yeah, so um, these guys were... I wanted to go to St. Lucia, which is quite far from here, and it's not so easy to jump on a plane back then. So I think in terms of them wanting to go, they're preparing that they're probably not going to come back. So these guys are carrying their stuff in their coffins, and they're saying goodbye to their families, and they're going with this intention, obviously, or this desire that people would meet Jesus, but they're willing to risk it all and give it all and lay down their lives, essentially. So they're packing their coffins as if they're suitcases, and they go to St. Lucia. And that's cool. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm assuming amazing things, revival probably. Sure. But yeah, I yeah. think that's super challenging. Yeah. Every, like for me, that's very challenging. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it'd be pretty heavy. <laughs> but maybe I should buy one, yeah, put yeah. a handle on it and some yeah. wheels. I don't know. And even, uh, I know John Wesley, yes. massively influenced by yeah. the Moravians. Yeah. And what I didn't know is that he was actually writing letters to Count Zinzendorf asking him about this this way of life. I think about even in the world today, 24-7 prayer with Pete Gregg, yes. massively influenced by the Moravian movement. He actually came here to Heredith mm -hmm. to learn about that. And so there's just so many marks of how the Moravian story is about people who were faithful with the seed yeah. and God was faithful with the forest, yeah. which echoes in me when you're in a nation like Nepal and it's just towering over you, man. It's just everywhere you look, there's a, there's a million faces for this idea of God, you know, mm. and then you see the repercussions of that. You see how people are in pain and hardship and difficulty because the truth is not all gods are equal, yeah. right? And so, and you, and you want to, it is, it's Jesus looking at people and going, his heart breaks for compassion for them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. And so there's something that stirs in you and you just come like, God, what can I even do, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but this idea of how when we're faithful with the seed, he's faithful with the forest yeah. and how that's not a cop out. Actually, that's, that's a right ordering of things. Mm -hmm. It's in the smallness that God starts to create the eternal shift. And I think especially when you are on outreach or in a place like that where you do see the need and you, you're kind of coming in and you're seeing these people, it feels hopeless. And this question, God, what can I do? It always feels like you're not, it's not enough. What you're bringing maybe is not enough. What you're doing is not enough. And I think there's a part of us that wants to see immediate results. So then this kind of tension of, okay, let me just be faithful with what you're calling me to do, even if I don't see the results now, like that's really hard. Mm. And I think in this moment for you, that sounds like it's something that you were wrestling with and that's mm. normal. I've, I, I mean, everywhere I go, I feel like the same. Mm. And so it's about trusting God that the seed will grow into something bigger, right? Mm. Than just wanting to see the immediate results. And sometimes we do see immediate results, results, mm. if we can say results, you know, sometimes we do see immediate change but I think yeah I think you're onto something with the seed idea mm. you know that it's something that is birthed that's so much that grows and can be so much bigger mm. yeah and so so you as a part of the leadership team of this community yeah I mean you hear and in some ways you're in the shadow of one of the greatest stories yeah. of missions <laughs> no history yeah you know, like literally down the road it's like yeah. is that I mean that changed everything maybe we wouldn't even be here yeah, you know really 
<laughs> what is it? And you guys, I know we've had chats. Mm. Uh, even the Revive DTS is all about that. Mm -hmm. I know the Wild Heroinhood has that desire. You, mm -hmm. you guys want to see the forest. You want to see God impact the nations. Sure, yeah. And yet right now as a community, you're in the season of a seed. Yeah. Right? God's, uh, there's the smallness that God's doing. Yeah. So as a leader in that space, what does it look like to try and lead people to be faithful with the seed? <laughs> even when you've got like this picture of what God will do out yeah. in front of you. you know? Yeah, that's... Ah, uh, mate, I think for me, it's like my, what is God trying to speak to my own heart first? Because I'm, I'm someone that wants to see the forest and I don't want to wait. Like if I have an idea in my head or a vision, I want to see it and I want to see it now. And I, I don't like this tension of, well, I don't see it. And I, I, you know, and this waiting process and this growing process, it's uncomfortable. And I think even for me personally, it's something God has been really trying to break in my life and really teach me. Um, but I think the thing that I think about when we're talking about seeds and forests is for a seed to become a tree, it takes a lifetime. And that is almost like God, is, God has given us that opportunity or asking that question, like, are you willing to give a lifetime for it? Mm. You're not going to see it overnight. Um, so that's a challenge. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge that I, I face mm. in a way every day. Mm. It's my faithfulness every day. Like it's it's mm. going to be a lifetime. I'm not going to see what we want to see overnight. Yeah. And my encouragement would be, yeah, that people also understand that. Because, yeah. I mean, when you think about how beautiful Jesus is and how good God is, it's almost not hard to give yeah. your life to it. Yeah. But in the day-to-day, -day, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every morning, oh, I've got another meeting, or I've got to do this, or yeah. I've got to do that, or we're not seeing, yeah, the results or that we want to see maybe today, yeah. whatever. That's really hard. Yeah. But when you zoom out and you look at how good God is, how beautiful Jesus is, it's not so hard. So I think that's where I kind yeah. of wrestle. That's my tension. Like holding that eternal perspective. Oh, yeah. And yeah. without it, I'm, I'm a horrible person. Yeah. I'm like, what's the point in being here? I should go home. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. And so I think that's something that, yeah, I think God is reminding me and continues to remind me and something that I've massively grown in over the years too. And I think also my, my understanding of success and results has changed and has looked very different yeah. since being here. I've been here nearly 10 years, yeah. so it's a while. So <laughs> and that's a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it feels like a lifetime. So, so you say success and results, your perspective yeah. of those change. What, what, do you, what do you see it as now? What's success? What, what are the results you're okay, looking for? Okay, cool. Um, so I would say, if you ask me this question in 10 years, what is your vision for this place? Right? What, what do you want to see? I would probably say, 10 years ago, when I first came, I'd probably say, I want to see a massive, thriving community of people that love Jesus. That sounds good, right? Um, that go out into the nations, we start ministries, and we see healings and salvations, and we see, uh, yeah, the, the miracles of God in our daily lives as a normal thing, you know? And we see God just kind of like, yeah, this radical group of people that are changing the world. And I don't think these things are bad. But I would say now what I care more about is than this outward kind of fruit, these products, is that we're actually understanding who God is and that our hearts are being changed. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to have a product, but not necessarily. Okay, so let me explain. Can I, can yeah, I share yeah, something? Yeah. All right, so about six years ago, um, I was at home with my, my housemate, and she's not here anymore, but we used to live together. She was awesome. Anyway. So we had this conversation, and it was one of those moments that was so powerful, and I have a few I can l kind of like count on my hands. These moments where I'm like, God is here, the presence of God is real, and yeah. I'm afraid, <laughs> I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, 
It's, it's like one of those ones, right? Yeah. And so it, it feels so much ingrained in, in kind of like I've taken so much from that that I can't remember if it was my impression or it was her impression. It was kind of mixed. Yeah. So this picture that we had. So we're talking. Um, we're talking about. I'm not even sure. It's a while ago. But some one of us. Maybe it was her. Maybe it was me. I think it was probably her. She had this picture of an apple and when you cut an apple in half you know you're expecting to see two little seeds or whatever the shape but she had this picture of an apple that was cut in half and had no seed in it it was just an apple it was mm. just a flat kind of apple you can yeah, imagine right yeah, yeah. and somehow that image is just so creepy it's so weird it feels so unnatural and so i don't know even when i, I think back on it i'm just like oh i just I don't like it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something so off about this when you cut an apple and there's no seed. Mm. And so we were just talking about that and this, this kind of this picture came. We just felt such a fear of the Lord and what we're doing. Like, man, what are we producing? Yeah. And especially when we're facilitating uh, training programs, yes. you know, we do that regularly. You know, what are we producing in people? Like, what are we doing? And if it doesn't, yeah, just this idea of like, fruit can look really impressive you can have this apple and it's beautiful and it's massive and it's shiny and like spit on it and you know bite into it and it's delicious but there's no seed in it mm. ah. and i think the the nature of an apple is the seed has an amazing potential right to produce so much more of itself mm. reproduce reproduce so from an apple seed you can have an orchard yeah right from one simple seed like you've been talking about seeds you can have like this orchard of fruit and trees or whatever but if that apple doesn't have the seed, it's, it's dead. Right. There's nothing in it. There's right. no way to reproduce. And just this real, like, sense of, I love to see the fruit. Yeah, I want to see the fruit. But if it's not got the seed in it, yeah. ooh, yeah. I get shivers thinking about it. So I'm good. like, such fear of the Lord on that. And so, yeah. whereas before, maybe 10 years ago, I would have said, I want to see all this fruit. Yeah. I still kind of want to see the fruit. Yeah. But I'm really, really concerned that when we cut the apple, there's seed in it. So good. Yeah, and I heard this quote, and it's proper cheesy, so I hate that I'm going to say yeah. it. It's, I'm just going to do it. No, just great. Because it's, it's fine. Yeah. I'm actually quite cool, really. <laughs> <laughs> but not right, not right now. <laughs> it's just one of those really cheesy quotes that you could like put on a Christian poster. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I'm going to say it. Um, and it, what is it? Uh, I might have written it down. Yeah, so though you can easily count the seeds in the apple, it's impossible to count the apples in a seed. Wow. And I'm like, that's quite profound, actually. Yeah. Though it's cheesy. Yeah. And you can yeah. imagine it on a Christian poster. It's just this idea that I'm like, man, the potential in a seed and the potential in what we're doing Come on. is... So good. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And yeah. I think, when I think about Jesus, he says, go and make disciples... It's this idea of reproducing something. Yeah. We're reproducing Jesus. We're reproducing the kingdom or whatever that means. Mm. It's this idea of birthing and reproducing. And so I'm really, I don't know, like, I guess my, my desire now is, that, yeah, we see that fruit, but if we don't, as long as we're reproducing something real that's going to last and that could grow into a tree or an orchard, that's okay with me. Yeah. And but for a seed to become a tree, it takes a lifetime. Yeah. And so I think my pace has slowed down. My, my, yeah, my drive, not in the sense that I'm not as driven. I have my days, mm. <laughs> sure. But in terms of like my expectation of what I need to see, like I'm generally quite impatient. And like I said earlier, if I want to see something, I want to see it now. Mm. I've got an idea in my head, it has to happen now. But I think it's, yeah, this, this concept that yes. we're talking about has really kind of, 
grounded me yeah. and matured me, honestly, yeah. as a yeah. Christian over the years, definitely. Yeah. And, and I think, again, it's not about not seeing these things because I do believe God wants to do them and he wants to move in these ways. Sure. I, he's not passive. He wants to be present. He wants yeah. to change things in people's situations. He wants to show up and he wants to heal. I believe that. He wants to encounter people. I believe that. But I think, yeah, I think for me, I'm like, okay, cool, but what are we actually reproducing? Yes. Are we yeah, producing people, something yeah. that's just, yeah, just an empty apple? Yeah. Are we giving that out to people when we go on, on outreach to the nations? Yeah. Are we giving them an apple without seed? Yeah. Better just to give the seed. Yeah. So if you don't give the fruit, the fruit being like, okay, I'm going to poke you on your heels right now. Yeah. If you don't give that, I think that's okay. But if you give the seed, you have no idea what that can, exactly. what can happen with that. Yeah. So I think that's how it would change for me. Yeah. And success. Yeah. Th- Maybe it looks like that, but now it looks like this. Yes. And yeah, but it takes a lifetime. Yeah. And I think, and, and so this is where we'll land it here, is so how, how does this apply to the people on the other side of the camera, right? They, like a lot of people are listening to this, they, they, they may never end up going on a mission trip to Nepal or yeah. doing something like that. Some, some of these guys, they love Jesus, they want to follow him, but following Jesus looks like getting the kids to school, going to work, or getting through university, or trying to be faithful to Jesus in my high school, or whatever that looks yeah. like in the normalness. And I think for me, the lesson that I take out of this is that we live in a world today that seems preoccupied with the forest, yeah. preoccupied with the big, preoccupied with, it only counts for Jesus if it's filling a stadium. Mm. It only counts for Jesus if masses of people are healed, or whatever, whatever, Depending on your tribe within Christianity, right, right. we we put certain like criteria or measurements for significance mm. onto that stuff, right? But so much of the stuff is rooted in ego. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying, and this is what I love, is when you understand that a seed may take a lifetime and maybe more than one lifetime, yeah. right? <laughs> and so you realize that the stuff that God wants to do through your life is bigger than you. Mm. There's a death to self that kind of happens oh, there, yeah. right? And so you end, up, you end up being faithful to your role in the story, yes. whatever that looks like. But realizing that that story is not about you. You don't have to be the star of the show. And you trust the sovereignty of God. I think about Martin Luther King Jr., He's got this phrase, he says, uh, the moral arc of history is long, mm. but it bends toward justice, mm. right? Moral arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. And so in the immediacy, right now in this moment, we might not be seeing the forest that we hope for. Yeah. But when we're faithful with the seed and then trust God with the lifetime, it's amazing what he can do over time. And then there's that one other phrase that says, um, you know, when we're younger, we radically overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time, mm. but radically <laughs> underestimate what we can do over a lifetime. Mm, you know? mm-hmm. And I think again and again and again, this is the echo that Jesus is calling us to, yeah. is to embrace the power of the small yeah. and to be f- like potently faithful with that yeah. and then trust that that goes where it goes. You know? mm-hmm. um, and so just keep calling people back to that. Mm-hmm. You know? And particularly with young people, I would imagine, I mean, while you, Youth with a Mission is yeah. discipling young people. <laughs> yeah. you know? So do you find you have to keep calling young people back to that reality? Yeah, I think so. I think, so the way it works here, we do our kind of discipleship program, six months. Mm. And then people, we invite people to come back on staff. We, we love that. Um, and so we have like a two-year minimum kind of staff commitment. You come for two years, knowing that you can't really do anything. The two years is really just an introduction, kind of transitionary period. Um, yeah, but two years feels like a life sentence to a young yeah. person. Yeah. I remember when I came back on staff, I was like, 
Oh, I don't know about this two-year deal, you yeah. know. I think I'll see how it goes. And then when I, I feel like I've done enough or it feels like a, yeah, like a real-life sentence. And then when my two years ended, I, I was like, oh, that went really fast, actually. Yeah. You know. And I remember that technically my two-year commitment's up. I'm free, you know. Shall yeah. I stay? Shall I leave? I just felt like I haven't even started yet. Yeah. Like, I haven't even begun, like, with what God wants to do in my life here, yeah, but also... Yeah, through me in this place, mm. I haven't even started. Yeah. <laughs> and two years is nothing. And now I'm a little bit older than I was when I came 10 years ago. Um, and 10 years feels like a lifetime, but yeah. it's also nothing. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think as you, as you get older, you know, I was in my early 20s when I came. As you grow and get older, you see that. And it, that becomes yeah. a bit more aware, but a bit more, like, apparent. But, yeah, with the younger people, it's a... It's a lifetime. And my story, and I love to try and encourage others with that, is that I chose to commit. And what can you do when you, when you, yeah, when you have a heart posture of commitment? Like, yeah. what could it look like? So good. But that's also a challenge for me, because then I have my days where I'm like, I've been here 10 years, yeah. and it's not how I want it to be, yeah. and it's hard. Yeah, because the seed's not glamorous, Yeah, because right? the, the seed is not, not glamorous. glamorous right? I want to see the tree, yeah. and I don't even know if I'm seeing a shoot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, when is it coming, yeah. you know? Yeah. And this season's sure, it looks different, but... So I also have to remind myself of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, yeah. and I think we're we're a very like I think people's personalities play into it as well. Yeah. You know, you have these people that like can't stick to anything. I was kind of like that. I always think there's something better coming, so I find it hard to stick to a job. Yeah. You know, I had like a million jobs before I came here. It's like doing this for a bit, doing that for a bit, you know. And I think this is my longest job <laughs> I've ever been in. Because yeah. um, I'm like, what if something's better? What if I'm missing out? And I think we have that. We have to deal with that every day. And I would say, even back to your question about other people who don't get to go on these outreaches or don't get to live in this environment, there's this feeling that you're missing out. Yes. And I'm like, it's actually not true. Yes. It's, it's not, because I think it's where you are called and you are faithful, that's where you should be. Exactly. Though it's hard. You always think, and I've, I've felt this over the years, especially in times where it's been a little bit more difficult, I felt like, well, it's probably, I should leave then. I should give up. I should try something else because this is not really working. And I've had multiple moments where I've been really, like, tempted in that way. I just felt God was saying, Louise, it's not about the location. Like, this feeling that you're feeling in this season, you've got this fight or flight, you want to fly, you know, and... But the location change isn't going to do anything in your life. That's not the point. You're not going to feel better if you do something else. It's deeper than that. And mm. so being faithful to where you are, yeah, I think it's, it's powerful. Mm. Yeah, Brilliant. I don't know. I don't so know. good. So it's good. hard, though. Yeah. It's hard, though. And it's very easy. I will say this, Matt, right? very easy to sit here yeah. in this cafe yeah you know I mean, oh there's a forest and we just got back from outreach and it was an amazing time yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and i'm all excited to getting you guys back and hearing yeah. your stories i'm like yeah you're welcome it's really fun and god is real and he's massive and he's big yeah, yeah but it's really easy to speak this way and to get excited and, and get you know yeah and to be like yeah i'm really i'm gonna do this for the next 50 years of my life <laughs> it's really easy <laughs> i promise you this afternoon when i leave yeah. i'll be like oh my gosh <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Gotta get pulled by kitchen counter. Yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I will. I will be in such a bad mood. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, it'd be way easier just to leave and have another life, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. it's, so I think in the day to day, in the moments, it's not as easy, yeah. you know? And it's easy for someone to listen to this and feel encouraged and like, yeah. yeah. And then, like you said, they go back and the house is a mess and the kids are screaming and they're late for work and or whatever it is, you know? Or they have to hold down three jobs just to make ends meet. 
it's not so easy then. Yes. But I think it's having that perspective that's bigger, like yeah. we were talking about. And again, now that's where it comes back to the seed, right? Yes. Because the radical outcome happens in the small moments of yeah. decision. Yeah. So when you're in that place, and all of us will be there inevitably, yeah. you know, we will be in those places of uh, despair, like mm. whatever that looks like for us. And it's what we choose in those small moments, yeah. that's what will determine what happens. That's exactly know? right, yeah.